Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. I'm going to share something with you this morning. Amen. Amen. And it's about overcoming a sin conscious, overcoming a failure conscience. Your conscience is your inner voice. It's the real voice that you're going to live by. Mm-hmm. It is your real voice that you're going to live by. And God knows that how you talk about yourself in your innermost being is who you really are. Yes, that's right. Amen. And so he knew he had to fix the innermost voice in us, which is our consciousness, in order for us to have victory in this life, not just when the sun is shining, but when storms of life come, you still see yourself Amen. more than a conqueror. Yeah. Come on now. Just because it don't look good don't mean you're not winning. Hallelujah. Praise God. All I need is a few seconds in the fourth quarter. Praise God. <laughs> you can still win. Amen. It's never over for us. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. So God's will is that every believer sees themselves victorious, not in their own abilities, in his. And a lot of times when challenges come, we look at our own abilities. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't want you to look at your abilities. He wants you to look at his abilities that he's imparted to us through Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul wrote, I can do all things, even in different situations through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. Amen. For the rest of your life, God wants us to see for the rest of our lives, our lives through his eyes. Yes, amen. 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 The born again conscience sees our lives through his eyes. Mm-hmm. That I no longer see myself outside of Christ. I no longer see myself using his abilities, amen. Because I'm in covenant with him and I have a relationship with him, I have a right to everything he has. Yes. The Bible calls us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I no longer am to see myself functioning without him financially, economically, socially, physically, in every realm of my life, I am supposed to see myself connected to him. Amen. I am supposed to see myself in union with him. Come on now. I'm supposed to see myself like him right now, right here. With all the challenges going on around me, amen, I'm supposed to see myself in him and victorious. Amen. Praise God. When I do that, I'm living out of the consciousness that he gave me. Amen. This new consciousness through being born again. So I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 9 and 10. Amen. And um, when you see yourselves out of the eyes of God, you no longer see yourself as a bad person. You no longer see yourself as a sinner. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you in the Bible where Jesus came to wipe out mm-hmm. my transgressions for all times, once for all times in the eyes of God. Amen. To the point where God wrote in Hebrews 8 and 10, your sins and iniquities I remember no more. In heaven there is no record. Once you become a born again believer in Jesus Christ, in heaven, there is no record that you ever sinned Amen. one time. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Come on now. Come on. 
In heaven, there is no record that you ever missed it. And because you have this standing, then you're in right standing with God. Amen. Amen. And then the blessing or the empowerment he ordained for man from the foundation, amen, of the world, that man being Adam, amen, that's the blessing is on my life. Blessing means empowerment to succeed. Not my power, but God's power is behind me. Amen. Praise God. David knew something about this power. He testified about it. He said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. What? There's an empowerment working on my life. Not that I brought myself. Amen. It comes from God. David said, now I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Amen. Mary said, nothing is impossible. Amen. To the one that's got this kind of empowerment in their life. Boy, you on the good side of life now. Whether you know it or not, you're more blessed than you ever know it. The moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, all of heaven got behind you. The angels of God got behind you. The blood of Jesus starts speaking good things about you. The Holy Ghost came in you. Praise God. And you begin to live it in power. But you got you to get up every day and function with this out of your consciousness. Amen. Praise God. You ought to tell your neighbor, I got it made. I already know it now. <laughs> Praise God. I got this thing. This thing is licked. <laughs> Praise God. But when you got saved, God, turn your light on. There's a light going on in your spirit. Come on, man. There's a brightness in your spirit. The Bible said Jesus was praying on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's called, and the light of his spirit begin to permeate his whole being. So you glowing on the inside. (laughs) But as he began to fellowship with God at that time and that level, the light began to permeate his physical body, his clothing, and he began to glow. And Jesus didn't come here to show you a lifestyle that you could never achieve. He came to demonstrate the lifestyle you can have. That's why he said the works I do, you should do also. Because I'm going to the Father and I'm going to purge your conscience from dead works so that you can function just like me. That's the standard. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But, But just like we learned yesterday in the conference, most people don't believe they can do better. They don't believe there's a higher level for them. And the reason why they don't believe there's a higher level for them, it's called sin consciousness. I still see myself in the culture that I was born in that's been affecting my thinking, that's been affecting my consciousness from the moment I came on this planet to teach me there's not enough money, there's not enough peace, there's not enough joy, there's not enough happiness. I can never achieve to this level. I'm just going to just do my best to get through this thing. Well, Jesus ended that age. I'm going to show you in the Bible, that age is over with now. And and the reason why people saw themselves like that is because their spirits weren't born again and their consciousness spoke failure from the fallen state of man. And everybody you live around and everything that's around you that thinks that way tries to impart that to you. Whereas if some people in my family died of a certain disease, sin consciousness says 
that could happen to me too. Because it's trained my family to think that way. Or if poverty has been in my family, or whatever, if it's divorce has been in my family, it will begin to make you think you cannot succeed in marriage. Because I've been trained to think a certain way, and then my consciousness has not been brought alive through the new birth. So everything that I see is failure. So I've been trained to be mediocre. Uh Hallelujah. But Jesus came on the scene. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you got to let him be a man. The Bible calls him the man. He is a man that's born again. Now he is God and so are you too. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us make man like us. And the Bible said, God is a spirit. He's not flesh and blood. This right here is just your outward housing. And it happens to be a certain color like your car. (laughs) You just got spray painted while you was going down the line. Whatever, whatever color they had in the container, that's what you got. God likes variety. <laughs> come on now. But the real you, come on now. Oh, praise God forever. <laughs> I'm trying my best. God, God is helping me. But the real you, nobody has seen. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on now. Fearfully doesn't mean afraid of. That means that you are, when people see the real you, they're going to stand in awe. Come on now. Say, praise God. We're going to turn this thing loose today. Amen. Praise God. And they'll stand in awe of you. Matter of fact, God will stand in awe of you if you reach it. He did. Praise God. I got to take it. We'll get to that point. Why? Because he gets to see a dimension of himself. Come on now. You have been created to manifest a dimension of God, each and every one of us. Amen. And the devil don't want you to find this out. He wants you to live in your old consciousness, even though you're born again. He wants you to live in your old mindset, even though you're born. He don't even care if you're a Christian. I still don't want you to be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. But the Bible says when you're in Christ, you have escaped the corruption that is in this world. And now through exceeding great and precious promises, God said, I promise you, I'm going to make you like me again. I'm going to make man like me again. That's why it's called born again. That you was already born one time. Thank God his mercy. I get to do this again. Even though I slipped up, messed up, fell back, fell over. There's redemption for me to put me back where I really belong. Paul wanted them to say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's something that never existed before. You know what it's like to drive in a car? You never, a brand new car. I ain't talking about no used car. I'm talking about something that just came off the assembly line. Brand spanking new. They got to teach you how to use that thing. I remember one time we bought a Toyota. This is a rabbit trail I'm tracing right now. And I had somewhere to be because I'd never driven a foreign car before. 
There's always been American-made cars. I've never driven a foreign car. And the union got on me for buying that car. That's another rabbit. I won't chase that one. <laughs> and uh, we bought this Toyota. And so I told, I was in a hurry. I had to leave. I told the salesman to get out of the way. I had to leave and go somewhere. I got in the car. Did the stick shift is in a different place. <laughs> the ignition is in a different place. The signal turning light is in a different place. Come on now. <laughs> the windshield wipe is in a different place. And I just had to sit there in the car. I said, excuse me, come back. <laughs> I had to take the time to learn how to function. Come on now. In this new vehicle. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. They took your old, broke down, transmission life, flat tires, ball tires life, amen. Windshield, radio don't work, air conditioner don't work life, and hauled it away and brought you a brand new life. He done brought you a brand new life in Christ Jesus. Now you just need to learn how to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where I come in at. <laughs> that's, that's where the Holy Ghost comes in at. So you have an unction from the Holy Ghost to teach you all things. Amen. And he anoints me to teach you. Amen. Praise God forever. So let's go over here to Hebrews. Let's get into this. So you can see it in the words yourself. Yeah. Now, the Bible, let's talk about that just real quick. Because you may, I may run over a word called covenant. The Bible is a covenant. Yeah, it's an unbreakable agreement. Mm -hmm. Unbreakable between God and Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's unbreakable. You cannot break it. To break covenants, somebody got to die. If you break a covenant, somebody got to die. And the Bible has so many examples of that. And covenants were the governing systems of the land when you start reading in Genesis because man's on the planet, there is no law of how to function with God or with one another. Now God had it, that's why he gave Adam instruction. In Genesis chapter one, he, he talked about he talked about what he had given Adam, the land he had given him, the wealth he had given him, the relationship he had given him. Amen. Amen. And his relationship with God. God described his dominion and his abilities. And when he describes all of that, what is he doing? He's releasing empowerments called the blessing. And that's how you function and nothing can stop it. Adam controlled everything. The weather, everything. He controlled it with his words. So the Bible said God stood, stood back once he made him in his image and likeness. God didn't have to work anymore. The Bible said he ceased from his work and he turned the assignment of the planet over to this man. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, Adam, God stood back and watched how he called everything. He called it. Jesus comes along. He's the second Adam. Storm comes. He speaks to it. Why? Because it was created to obey him but it was created to obey a man that was like God and that had the consciousness of God. And then as he released words out of the real him, not his body, out of his spirit, that's the real you, 
God is a spirit, so when he made him like him, he made him a spiritual being. Yeah. This body is just a outward housing yeah. that you have and that you animate with your spirit to fulfill your purpose that God gave you in this planet. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. And then when time is up, your spirit steps out of this body. Amen. Amen. Just like you take your clothes off at night, your spirit steps out of your body. Amen. And the angels of God come to usher you to your real house. After your assignment is done here, praise God, you won't even know you died. It's just like taking off your coat. You'll still be standing there, the real you. And you're like, what is that? That's you. That's what you've been walking in all this time. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> so covenants are governing instruments of how we're supposed to function with God or with one another. You have to have some instrument of tool of how people are going to relate to one another or you're going to have chaos. So in America, we have what? The Constitution. It governs how the states and how people and the Bill of Rights of how we to function. One, if you, and it is the covenant of the country. It's the covenant of the country. And that's how we govern. Well, your Bible is heaven's constitution of how man is supposed to function all time. And you can't break that. When the Constitution was broke in the 1800s, that's how we ended up with a civil war. Uh -huh. Constitution is violated. Eventually, it's going to lead to conflict. And because that Constitution is made in the eyes of God, then God will back it. Yeah. And he will hold everyone accountable to the words of that agreement. He'll hold you accountable. One of the constitutions we have in the earth that we practice just on the everyday civil level is marriage. Mm -hmm. yeah. God will hold you accountable to those vows you make. Yes, he will. What you said you was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with constitutions is nobody ever reads them. <laughs> they, they get up, they say it, they make the words, but they never go back to them. Yeah. They never go back. Most, people, most Americans have never read the constitution in their life. Right. They just hope the, the, the law works for them. Right, right, right. Well, you know, when it comes to marriage, you got to keep those things up. Yeah, yeah. You said she was going to love, get to loving. Right, right, right. Amen, get to loving. Hallelujah. Come on now. Praise God. Amen. And if you say you was going to honor, get to respecting. If they break those vows... Immediately it goes into something uh, Jerry Retry gave me those things. It comes to something called the crazy cycle. Instead of the thing producing harmony and fulfillment, joy, not that your mate's your joy. The Bible said rejoice with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Praise God. Rejoice. They, your mate is not your joy. The Bible said rejoice with. Amen. Don't let anybody try to make you their joy. Because then you're going to be living, you're gonna, they're going to be telling you, you just keep disappointing me every day. 
Every day you get up, you disappoint me. I have no joy today. You're going to have to change. Don't let nobody put that trip on you. Amen. The Bible said joy comes from being in the presence of God. And if they have no joy, it's a reflection of their relationship with him. Don't let them put that guilt trip on you. So I'm going to keep kicking it up. And, and you can come in the presence of God with me. You don't have to have the mully grubs every day you get up. That's a choice. And I'm not going to live my life with what you are choosing. That's better preaching than you saying amen to. I'm not going to live my life with your poor choices. You can make the right choice. Amen. Just quit listening to whatever you're listening to. Amen. Quit giving yourself over to whatever you're giving yourself over to that you might know what people are giving themselves to. That's why they don't have no joy. You're giving yourself to the Lord. So they can't be doing that. That's all free. We're talking about governing instruments. That's what makes a marriage work. Honor from the woman and love for the man. Amen. And the moment they stop, the cycle of harmony reverses and they go into the crazy cycle. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard somebody, you say, say somebody, you talking crazy right now. <laughs> you, what that just came out of your mouth was crazy. <laughs> Cause they stop practicing the principles that govern that union. Yeah. Yeah. If you want it to work, you have no choice but to love. That's what you said you was going to do. The whole foundation of the thing is based on those vows. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What makes America work is the Constitution. Yeah. They had to draft something to determine how we're going to relate to one another. You just don't get married and just stand there and look at each other. You look so good. It's not what's going to keep it together looking good. Because you're going to take some of that stuff off. Yeah, you may not make, wake up with dental spearmint fresh breath. So it can't be based... <laughs> Oh, you're looking good right now. It's got to be based on the words that come out of your mouth. And you're obligated to keep them because it's a covenant. But God has to govern everything through a covenant too. That's why the Bible's called a testament. It means a covenant, unbreakable agreement. And it's loaded. Somebody counted, said it's 7,000 promises in there that God's got over 7,000 commitments. And some people live out of none of them, but <laughs> we can tell which ones you're missing if you really just move around anyway. <laughs> but he's got 7,000 of them. And one of them is to purge your conscience. That's where I really wanna go. Where you never see yourself failing again. In anything. You never see yourself failing in your marriage. Come on now. Amen. You don't see yourself failing raising your children. Yeah. You don't see yourself running out of money. Yeah. You don't see your business failing. Yeah. 
You see everything moving forward because you're in Christ, which is the power of God. Amen. Amen. So turn, I'm going to get right to the verse. Hebrews. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9. You ought to be there by now. If you don't have a Bible, download my sword and you'll get seven Bibles with your phone. Look over here in Hebrews chapter 9. And we'll pick up here. And I'm just trying to give myself some. We'll, we'll pick up here in verse um, Verse 6, and it says, Now these things were ordained, what things? The system of atonement of the Old Testament. When you go back and read the beginning of the verse, for the sake of time, you can go home and read it, but I can't do it here. These things were ordained, and what this, what is talking about, Hebrews is talking about there's two covenants, the first one and the second one. And what he's saying, the first one was ordained. And in that covenant, God had a system where the high priest would go in once a year for the nation of Israel and offer blood sacrifice. That is for the atonement of the nation's sins. And then atonement means to cover so that God does not respond to the nation based on their faults. He responds to them based on his desire to bless. Because God is a blesser. Yeah. And what separates a man from God is sin. Isaiah 59 said, God's hand is not too short. His ear is not yeah. too, is deaf where he can't hear. He said, but your sins are part of separation. Sin separates from God. So the moment Adam disobeyed God and broke the constitution, the garden, the Bible told him he was, God told him that death is going to come on you. Because the, 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 the one that is bringing the fear of death, which is Satan, who's behind your disobedience anyway. The moment, the moment that you obey him, then he becomes your Lord and he's going to rule over you. And all he has to bring is death. That's all he can bring. He can't bring anything good. He can only bring fear and death, amen, and destruction. Jesus said he comes to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he's coming to do. And the moment Adam sinned and he heard God looking for him, what did he do? So when people run from God, or they're afraid of the Bible, they're afraid of the local church, or they're afraid of his children, and they don't want to be around it. They run from it. They're experiencing what Adam experienced in the garden. Or they think God is after them, and they see themselves as a bad person, so they want to stay away from him. Now, how much training did Adam have to run from God? How much training did he have to be like God? Thank you, none. The moment God breathed into him, he just started acting like God. Amen. The moment the spirit of God left him and the spirit of darkness and fear came on him, 
he immediately acted just like whatever spirit that was on him. And so he was afraid of God. Why? Because the spirit of fear is on him. Fear is not an emotion. It's the spirit. And the Bible said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what he had. That's the spirit he had before he disobeyed God. Now, I ain't got time to go to Romans uh, 6, 16. Whoever you yield your servants, members to obey, that's whose servants you become. That's why you got to be careful who you listen to and the voice you listen to. And so he starts running from God because the Bible said he said, I was afraid. And Pastor Nancy said something good when she was here. Satan never has one calm thought. Why? He never has one peaceful thought because whatever spirit you are and whatever spirit you propagate, that's what you feel into. So the way Adam was feeling when he ran, that's how the devil feels all the time. He's a nervous wreck. That you ever said misery loves company? That when people are nervous wreck, they want you to be one. When they in the mother grubs, they want you there. Because they're trying to propagate the the spirit that that's on them or it's influencing them because they're getting it from darkness. They're getting it from the devil personally himself. So when you go through the emotions and experience of fear, you must understand that's how the devil state is all the time. And you just got to make a remember, I'm not living like you, Satan. I'm offered peace, joy, happiness, in the Holy Ghost, in the kingdom of God. I don't have to be tormented like that. Jesus came to deliver me from that, and I accept my deliverance. I'm not living like that. And don't let anybody try to put that on you. They need to, when it's come to people, they need to accept their deliverance. Don't let nobody put depression on you or sadness on you trying to give you. You need to quit letting the devil put it on you for whatever reasons on you, because I'm not taking it. I said, he is the spirit of fear. He, God, the Bible said God is love. Mm-hmm. That's right. The spirit of love yeah. is of God. So God is always in a state of love. The devil's always in the state of fear. Yes, he is. The Bible said he trembles. And that's how he lives. He is a nervous wreck. He lives in fear. He is the spirit of death. It's on him all the time. And he can't get out of it. The good thing about you, you can get out of it. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid. You can get out of it. That's right. That's right. Amen. So God had this covenant and he, the services, what he's talking about, he made atonement for the nations and the blood of animals made atonement. And God, it's like having a hole in the floor. And you don't want your friends to see it when they come over. So you take a rug and put it over top of it. So then everybody reacts as if there's no hole there. Everybody's functioning like there's no hole in your floor because you made atonement for the floor. Amen. So 
God covered up the nation's hole so that he could bless them. Yeah. To the point, if it's a real Jew, they don't know what it means to be broke. That's right. They will tell you that. Because they have practiced prosperity through the empowerment of the blessing of Abraham for thousands of years. They don't know what it's like. They don't even know how to define it. Some of them don't know, some of them don't even know how to, to articulate the word broke because the blessing's on you so long. Well, God wanted to expand that through the whole world. So this is what he's saying he did. Look at this right here. He's saying right here, he says, now these things were ordained. Uh, the priests went in always to the first tabernacle to accomplish the service to God for the atonement. But into the second went the high priest alone once year, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. They had to keep that system up. Now, if this system fails, the rug comes off the hole. The rug comes off the hole. Now, God has got to deal with them with the hole. So what happens ultimately, the whole nation falls and they lose their nation. It was a terrible thing. To lose it in battle, be stripped in battle, your family stripped off, drug off to foreign nations and all kinds of things like that because the curse came on them. Because God couldn't move in their defense because of the whole. So when the pre-system failed, then everything's going to fall. Amen. You ought to be thankful that Jesus is your high priest. Let me just get to the chase that he ever liveth in the holies before God and his blood cries out concerning you, forgiven, unblameable, unreprovable in the sight of God. And he wants to give you the consciousness to see what God sees so that you don't internally judge yourself in a way that heaven's not going to judge you so that every day you get up, you walking in the blessing. And if you do have an offense, you just repent over it. Amen. Amen. Don't let it sit out there. The Bible said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to what? Forgive us and cleanse us of what? All unrighteousness. All of it. And then where there, the Bible says in Romans chapter four, where there is no sin imputed, the individual has no other choice but to walk in what? The blessing. The empowerment to succeed in whatever God calls you to do. Now look what it says right here. So he says right here, <clears throat> he says, um, <clears throat> the Holy Ghost was signifying, verse 8, that the way into the holies of all, where the presence of God is, uh, while <clears throat> was not yet made while the first tabernacle was yet standing, was the first tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses. Now, which was a figure for the time then present. So the tabernacle of Moses was a physical replica of what they had in heaven. It was a physical of the throne room. And so God was given a foreshadowing of what is coming. There's, no, there's coming a high priest that just won't cover it up. He's going to wipe it out. 
Amen. So that the blessing comes on you so that you function like Abraham. I mean, function like Adam, that you, the authority of your words is how you begin to rule. Behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And if you have faith, you will speak to the mountain and it'll get out of your way. Amen. Because you are an empowered man that can't be stopped when you are living in the will of God and doing what he told you to do. And baby, we're in that state right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to get to tell you yeah. that the age of the failure consciousness is over. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus walked in there and ended it. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can have a good life right now. Yeah. Just receiving these truths. Yeah. This constitution. I said it's a constitution. It governs everything. God can't break it. You can't break it. He made it so you could live. Yes. He made it so if something's wrong with your body, you could speak to yeah. it. Yeah. Amen. 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 You walk in it. You walk in it as the highest level. Amen. Just like the what's his name yesterday, Tim? He said, "Lift your hand, the highest you can." Feel, feel, feel. Say, "Lift your hand high as you can." Everybody thought they lifted high as you can. He said, "Lift it high." Everybody went up high. <laughs> you can have as much as this as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right up to the point you reflect who, what Jesus is to everything and everybody around you. Yeah. It's about choice. He says you're going to have to take the basics, amen, and be consistent with them and do them at the highest level. If you want this, amen, praise God. And trust me, you want this. Come on now, it's more than praise God. This is not based on somebody's natural talent. You may not be jump as high as somebody or run as fast as high as anybody. You might not be as good as calculus as everybody. Uh -huh. But bless God, when the blessing gets on you, yeah. we're not talking about using your ability. Yeah. This is where everybody can live in the blessing. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to be the sharpest knife in the shed. Hallelujah. You can just get the blessing on you. Hallelujah. Right. And be a butter knife yeah. and still living in the blessing. Hallelujah. I may not be as sharp as you, but I'm all buttered down with the glory, with the glory of God. All right. Listen to this. He said, it was the figure of the things present, which were offered, were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could never make, could, ne could not make him that did the ser service perfect, perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So where does God want you perfect at? In your conscience. See, this is why healing doesn't work a lot of times in people, even though we teach it. Because their consciousness is still telling them they're going to die. While they, while they say, I believe it. It don't matter what you say externally if it doesn't agree with what's going on internally. And a lot of people can't believe that God is going to be that good to them or they've never seen it before, so they don't believe in it. They've never seen it happen before, so they don't believe in it. They've seen more death than they've seen life. So their consciousness begins to tell them this is not possible. God says, I got to fix this so that in your internal being, 
in your, the depth of your consciousness, you never question the constitution I made for you. That you get an agreement with it so that it can produce life for you. And God says that even though he was making atonement for them in the old covenant, it didn't purge their conscience. Why consciousness is a component of your spirit. And when man failed, death got in his spirit. And when death got in his spirit, he said, God is coming, run. And he took off running because he was responding to the spirit of death that was on him then. God says, I'm gonna come in and recreate your spirit. And now the recreated spirit is gonna have a voice and it's called your consciousness. And it's gonna to begin to speak life and not death when it's perfected. And then all you gotta do is take the word of God and understand the constitution and renew your mind and begin to function so your mind don't fight you. First, I gotta fix the root, which is your spirit. Amen, stand up right here, both of y'all stand up. Stand up right here. Amen. Come up, come in, Miss Katina. Come and stand right here. Y'all stand right because y'all know I do this a lot. Spirit, soul, and body. The body determines the sex. Not I think. <laughs> this is where your soul is, where your mind will in the most. Not I think I'm a, a boy. No, we can look at you. But the devil can so tamper with your consciousness and your thought life. The Bible said, as a man thinketh, so is he. That he begins to try to confess everybody because he puts on blue jeans now, cuts his hair real short, puts on a t-shirt, and he's, all he's doing to convince everybody is dressing up this. He can't touch that. He's dressing this up because he's thought life. And so God says, we gotta fix the consciousness. And then we gotta take the word, the Bible is for this one. It renews the way this one thinks, but it's spiritual food for this one. And then it makes that one perform. Amen, it makes this one perform. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on now. When you get born again, the spirit in you has a voice. And the Bible calls the voice of your spirit your consciousness. And if you listen, and this is where God communicates, his relationship is with this one. He gets on the, he recreates this one. He gets on the inside of this one. This is why on the inside of you, you look just like God. And the reason why you ain't shouting right now, because this one don't know it yet. Who's he talking to me? Who's he talking about? Me? So the Bible says you got to renew your mind with the Constitution. Amen. So you can prove out. These things have to be proved when this one is renewed. Now this one's born again, you almost there. Don't stop now. 
God save you almost there. We done dunked you in water and got you baptized, got you back up. Don't quit now. Push on through. So we have to renew the mind of this, and this is what we're doing right now. Amen. Now, this one has a voice. So if it's to say, <clears throat> Bradford, come over here and let Bradford be God. When that person comes to live, God comes to live inside this person. This becomes his temple. He's resident there. Amen. Gaston, come here too. Come on now. And then the Holy Ghost comes inside yeah. you first. We like he got a shiny suit on. Let him be the Holy Ghost. That's got to be a Holy Ghost suit. The Holy Ghost comes in first and recreates this spirit in the likeness of God, and then God comes to live in it. Come on now. Amen. Come on up here, Isaiah. Now Jesus comes to live in you too. Don't Isaiah look like a good Jesus with his white shirt on? So now God is in you. We ain't even done yet. Now, this is the person that God's dealing with. You're a triune being like God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Spirit, Soul, and Body. All right. MJ and, and Jim and Jerry, come on. Amen. Amen. And for special effects, come on up here, George, because... <laughs> Now, with special effects, the Bible said when you become born again, you become an heir of God. And then he assigns angels to you. Y'all come over and stand over there behind him. Get over there behind him. So you, you, you wake up every morning, you a host. You wake up every morning, you are a host. This is why the Bible says you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, that you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. That's why the devil is scared of you. Go get a hold of this and tear his kingdom up. Instead of just rolling out of bed, The angel said, I get with it. <laughs> now, as soon as your mind yeah. is renewed to this reality, yeah. how your company gonna fail yeah. when you hooked up like this? Yeah. How your marriage gonna fail? How your kids gonna run off when you hooked up like this? It can't fail. It's over with. Glory to God. Now let's take all this back. Y'all all go over here. Don't leave yet. Just go over here. Go back over there, Holy Ghost. See, when you just look like it's a devil, think he got a chance with you. 
the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, when you are like this, you're without God and without hope in this world. So that when we see tragedies come to people, they didn't have the divine covering to succeed in the first place. And even though the sun is shining, it looks like everything's going to be all right. Then the pressure comes. This is why he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let them understand that God wants to go in covenant with you. He wants to partner in life with you. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, y'all all come back with your space, Westwood Press. You know where you go. You know, you, if you ain't God, don't try to play like you. Don't try to play like you God, you ain't God. Just take your job and do your job. When God gets ready to talk to you, see, it's something when people say, I don't ever hear from God. Something wrong with that. Especially to be a Christian. Listen, he'll talk to you. He'll start talking to you the moment you consecrate to him and give Jesus your life. Through Jesus Christ is how all of this ability comes into your life. Now you're ready to fulfill your destiny because God knows what he created you for. So he's going to communicate to this one. The conscience is the voice of your spirit. It begins to tell your mind who you are and what you were called to do and what God created you for. He will immediately begin to explain to you who you are. Amen. And it could be things too good to be true. Because he's not trying to get you to perform and do things without him. He has a life with you now with him. That's why Mary said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. That ends, that ends the failure consciousness because this one begins to talk like God to your mind. He becomes the force of your spirit. He begins to tell you you're already healed. You're already healed. It can only talk like God now. But if this mind is not renewed, see, I knew God was a big God, but I was afraid to say it. It was coming out of my spirit. And then the first time I got up and I heard my my pastor preach the gospel for the first time. I said, God, I knew you was that big. I just needed to hear somebody say it. This one needs somebody else to say it. That's why he gave you a Bible. So this one can get renewed. Then he gives you pastors. The job of the pastor is to feed you with knowledge and understanding so that you will never lack, never be fearful or live in disappointment, but you're fruitful and multiply. My job is to tell you, yes, you can have it. Yes, you can do it. Cause here it is right here to show you plainly right here so you can have it. That's my job. Well, I take you to lunch today. <laughs> I take you to lunch. 
Well, praise God. Take your seat now. Everybody go back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Dave. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. <laughs> I've got to get this conversation perfect. I've got to perfect the consciousness. Why? Because that's how you're going to get your instruction. Yeah. That's how you're going to hear, start this company. Go talk to that person right there. That's how you're going to hear that. That's how the voice comes. It comes through the born again spirit and the voice of your conscience. So God's got to make it perfect so that your service is perfect. Right. So you're not just following good ideals. Looking at what somebody else is doing. Like Phil said yesterday, looking at what somebody else is doing. You don't have to look at what somebody else is doing. You just hear from the God in you. Your spirit gets it. The voice of your spirit is your conscience and it begins to convince this one. Then when we preach the gospel, you get your confirmation. You begin to say, wait, wait a minute, it is true. Your spirit's been trying to tell you healed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Then when we get in the word, praise God, it starts telling you that's your confirmation on the inside of you. Yeah. Then when you get your confirmation on the inside of you, no matter what it looks like, you maintain your confession yeah. that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. No external force is to communicate to me my destiny. My destiny is on the inside of me and I'm hearing it every day. And no matter what the doctor's report says, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And no matter what my checkbook says, I have more than enough because God is my supply on the inside of me. He said, but they kept wanting to go back to Egypt. They kept wanting to do things wrong. Why? They couldn't be born again. God had to deal with them from the outside. He couldn't make them perfect as pertaining to the conscience. But now, he ended the age of sin consciousness is over. And I got to show you that and then go to lunch. <laughs> sit down real quick, let's do this. Y'all good, go ahead and sit back down. Thank him, yeah, thank you. It says, could not make them perfect. So when people says nobody perfect, you got to understand what we're talking about. We're talking about the system where you perfectly hear from God. And you, you are not using the valuable life you've been given to guess what. You're right on the mark every single time because your conscience is bearing you witness. Come on now, in the Holy Ghost. That's Romans chapter 9, verse 1. You can write that down. Now, look at verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, Jesus entered once into the holy place, having, re, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For he went into heaven to get our redemption. What is redemption? Put me back like I'm supposed to be. Put me back where God had me in the beginning. Yeah. Undo all the faults. Yeah. Undo the age of sin consciousness. Mm -hmm. 
undo the age of failure consciousness and put me back where I belong. Amen. And the Bible said all creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Your tree in your front yard is waiting on you to act like God. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So a tornado don't come and blow it over. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Instead of jumping in the tub with a towel, <laughs> you're going to end up in the next county, your tub and your towel. You have the authority to walk out there. Yes, you do. The reason why you don't walk out there because you, your mind will fight you. Yeah. You stupid. You shouldn't be out there listening to Pastor Rogan. You're about ready to blow away. Just like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> You're going to be in Kansas somewhere. It fights you on the inside. Sin consciousness fights you on the inside. Now, if you're born again, it ain't in your consciousness. It's just in your mind. That's right. That's good. And your mind needs to be renewed. If you're not born again, it's in your consciousness. Yeah. And you're really beat. Yeah. No, when the storm was out there, Jesus wasn't showing you him. He was showing you you. Yes, he was. The works I do, you shall do also. First John chapter 4, verse 17, as he is, so are we in this world. That's the Constitution. Yeah. Now you're going to have to sit there and mess with, sit there and look at it. Right. Yeah. Instead of watching soccer all day, you're going to have to, if you want it, you're going to sit there. You want to take the basic principles, keep doing them, and then doing them at the highest level. Yeah. If you want this. And that's what he said you had to do. And he's right. Because the Bible said you got to continue in these words. Then you are my disciple. What is a disciple? One that has learned from the master so he can do with the master. Now Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 6, verse 40 says, A servant is not above his master, but if he will train himself, he will become like him. Amen. He wants you like him. Amen. 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 You're in the family of God. You're a son of God, just like Jesus is, both male and female. And God don't have no weak children. That's right. That's Amen. right. Amen. All of them are strong. That's right. Amen. So he says right here, let's look at this real quick. He says, he says, Jesus went into the home, obtained eternal redemption to put us back. Look at verse 14. How much more shall the blood, if the animal's blood did atonement? Verse 14 said, how much more shall the blood of Christ? They didn't use animal's blood, they used Jesus. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit purge, uh, he says, offer himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works. So works come out of the conscience. You know, somebody went in there and, and you know, did harm to everybody in the room, and they, they said a voice, I heard a voice that told me to do it. Because works come out of the consciousness. So he says, I'm going to purge your conscience from all dead works so that you can do what? Serve God now. How are you going to serve him? You can't serve somebody unless you listen, can you can hear him. Well, I fix you where you could hear me now. Yeah. Now the works that going to come out of you are going to be coming from the voice of God. Because yeah. I just purged your conscience. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now let's go over here and look at this. And it says here, 
we're gonna we're gonna go over here to um, to verse 26, and this is what he says right here. Now, how did Jesus do this? Verse 26 is where I was trying to get. He says, I need to read 25, no, 24, 25, and 26. Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth. So what was in the earth was figures. But he entered into heaven itself. He didn't go into the holies of holies, was in Moses' tabernacle, and go in before God and make atonement. He went into the very heavenly realm. He entered the heaven itself. He says, um, um, for Christ entered not in the holy place with hand, which are the figures of the truth, but in the heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for who? He didn't go up and show how perfect he was. He went up there to show how perfect he made you. Glory to God. He appeared in the presence of God, presenting your perfection that he attained for you. Amen. Come on now. He appeared up there for us. He didn't go in there for, some people just go there for themselves. You say, why didn't you take me? We didn't think about you. <laughs> then come back from the restaurant, didn't bring you any food. Just forgot about you. Entered in for themselves. And you still hungry. and got to figure something out. Come on now. He went in there for us. Somebody say, Jesus went in there for me. Nor yet should he should offer himself often. Jesus didn't have to present himself over and go every year. His blood was perfect. As the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must, for then must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world, which means there would have been many crosses and many crucifixions. But listen to this. This is the key. You got to get this. But now, somebody said now. now. Right now. Now, which means it's happening right now. So this has been written for over 2,000 years, but when you're reading it, now. Amen. So you got to let the benefits start happening when? So as soon as you find out, this can start happening when? Praise you. You ain't got to put it off. Why? Because it's now. Amen. Praise God. You got it. So he says, now once in the end of the world, the end of what? End of the system. Satan is what? The God of this what? What kind of world are we talking about? We're not talking about he's not, he didn't, he's not the God of the planet. He didn't create the planet. He's the God that created the mental structure of sin and death and failure. It started working the moment Adam disobeyed God. He started running from God. The only way God got him to stop running he killed an animal and made atonement for him and covered him. And then covered him with animal skins is what the Bible said. And God promised him in Genesis 3.15, I promise you that one is coming to crush Satan's head. To destroy his kingdom or the world system he set up. And how does he function? He uses the consciousness of men that has been darkened to do dead works. And God says, a day is coming and that we're going to crush the world system that he set up and bring it to end. So when Adam sinned, it became the foundation of the world 
of sin and death. And men begin to function in that realm. And they couldn't even help themselves. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Even when I want to do right, I can't even perform it. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. When Jesus showed up, the devil had never seen a man like that since Adam. One that he didn't have control over. And he went through the earth, he said, to destroy. He was, a, he was manifested to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. And that is his work in the consciousness of men. To put in an automatic program of failure. <clears throat> he don't even have to be there. Mm-hmm. Just set the program off. You don't even have to be there. Yeah. The devil can't be omnipresent. He's got to be somewhere at one time. Yeah. So he and people say, well, the devil's out. Man, he ain't after you. He got you on program. <laughs> That's called self-check. When we were playing basketball and we knew you couldn't shoot, we didn't put a defender on you. We called you self-checked. <laughs> we wanted you to shoot. Once the program is in you, he don't have to send somebody after you. Jesus said, I came to break the program and put the God program back in you. So from the foundation, since the foundation of the world, that's the world when sin began and darkness entered in and death entered in. But then it says, but now, once in the what? You need to tell the devil, it's over with. We just came to the end. Have you ever watched Bugs Bunny and it says, the end? They want to let you know that the show is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. He would say, that's all, folks. You remember? That's all, folks. You need to tell the devil, that's all. That's You are done messing with my money. You are done messing with my family. I've been born again once in the end of the world. He appeared to put sin away and the consequences of it away so that the blessing would come on you and overtake you. What happens when the blessing's on you? Blessed in your body. Blessed in your mind. Blessed in your family. Blessed with your children. Blessed coming in, going out. Your enemies may come in one way, but they about ready to flee seven different ways. He ended. He showed up to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He hung on the cross and said, it is finished. The end. And he proved it was over with. Yes, because they took him off the cross if somebody's no so neatly stacked in the corner. They took him down off that cross and everybody thought it was not the end. They thought it was over. They put his body in a borrowed tomb. But he had already told them, my father have given me a commandment that I can lay my life down and pick it back up. Oh, praise God. So if you like him, 
pick it back up. Pick up everything that the enemy told you you couldn't do that came out of your spirit that you know you're supposed to be doing. Pick it back up. Three days, three nights, the devil thought he had him. He was in the heart of the earth, in the center, in hell itself. And he prayed, Father, I know you're not going to leave me like this. I know you. My body will not corrupt in the grave. And after three days and three nights, the Bible said the Holy Spirit, Gaston with the gray suit on, descended down through the regions of heaven, three regions of heaven into the earth's atmosphere, into the earth, into hell itself and stepped on the inside of Jesus's body, the spirit, not the physical body, the spirit, and stripped death out of his spirit and put life back in and empowered him. And he took the keys of hell and death and the grave from Satan. Now it's not a time to die. It's appointed unto men once to die. And now with long life will I satisfy you and show you salvation. You live here a long time, praise God. The Constitution promises you a long life. He took the keys of hell, kicked him in the head, and stripped him of all dominion and authority. Just like it said in Genesis 3:15, turn loose all the captives that was in Abraham's bosom. Abraham said, I told you he was coming and set us free. And they all went off to heaven. He paraded the devil defeated before all the host of heaven. Then he went back up into the tomb and picked his body back up, raised the dead. The church has dead raised if they could ever renew their mind and follow God's plan and get it in their consciousness. Power Hill raised his body back up. The angels, he was, he was in death clothes, but he didn't walk out in death clothes and he sure didn't walk out naked. Those angels that were assigned to him brought him clothes, clothes from heaven. There were no earthly clothes because he didn't even want Mary to touch him. Those angels brought those garments from heaven. That's why he said, in my house, Father's house, are many mansions. You got a house up there. And if you can have a house up there, God wants you to have one down here. Put those new garments on him. He said, I didn't put that rock down, so I ain't going to move it. And the angels rolled away the rock. And he stepped out, a glorified man the son of glory and light. And he came to Mary and he said, Mary, don't touch me. Wow, spirit's still dead. Don't touch me. I I don't want nothing deaf to touch me. I love you, but you're going to, but see, you're going to be able to touch me when I come back. But I'm going to go into the holy of holies with my blood and I am going to wipe out your sin in the minds and the eyes of God forever. And from this moment on, he sees nothing but perfection out of you because he is going to erase the sin consciousness in you and he's going to perfect your consciousness forever. And you will stand perfect, unblameable, unreprovable in the eyes of God. And the Bible said he walked in and appeared in the presence of God for us and presented his blood that wipes out the sins of the world. And God saw him coming in and shouted, oh, God, (laughs) your kingdom shall be forever. And then he came back down to the earth. You go 
You preach the gospel. You lay hands on the sick. They will recover. You cast out devils. No deadly thing will harm you. And when you go and preach, I'll go right there with you, confirming the word with signs following. You are the most powerful institution in this earth. Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You ought to give God some praise for your salvation. Oh, glory to God. Yeah, now. We back where Adam was now. When you speak to it, it'll obey you. It'll do exactly what you said. You won't be running for your pastor. You get this, you ain't going to be running for your pastor to pray for you. You're going to do, you're going to, the Bible said, come boldly. Now that he's perfected you, he says for you to come boldly. You walk right in there just like you own the place. You don't come in there, oh, Jesus. That's sin consciousness. You act like ain't nothing been done. And that's how believers act because their mind had been renewed to the word of God. I wiped out failure consciousness. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, we worship you in this place. Hallelujah. This is what I want to do right now. If you're not born again and you want to get your conscience made anew, this is about getting your conscience made anew. The gospel is about getting your conscience and your spirit made anew so that you can serve the living God. People say, it's hard for me to read my Bible. Yeah, it is. Because your consciousness and your spirit has to come alive again. Being saved is about the real you coming alive again. Being alive toward God. And you can't let the spirit of fear control you right now. You're in a safe place. You gotta say, I gotta come home to the love of my soul. I gotta go to my redeemer. I refuse to be conquered by the spirit of fear and the, and the opinions of men. I will no longer let the spirit of fear dominate my life. I'm going back home to the love of my soul. I'm going to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith, my savior, my deliverer. That's what you're doing. You're running to Jesus. Whenever you miss it, you never run away from God. You run to him. Mess the devil head up. Run to God. And if you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. This is the greatest day on the planet for you. Come. Come meet me right here and I'll stand with you. If you're next to a friend, ask the friend to bring you because this is the greatest day of your life. Hallelujah. If you never said, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God and God raised you from the dead. That's all you have to do and believe it with all your heart. The Bible says you shall be saved and you'll begin to hear the voice of God again. God will begin to lead you into your destiny. And the Bible said the path of the righteous just keeps getting brighter and brighter. You go from glory to glory and faith to faith. Hallelujah.